let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of Fan Speculation. My name is CJ Palmasano. I am your host, and no, Vinny has not been able to join me tonight. Uh, he had some personal matters. Uh, everything's okay, but he'll be back next week. I'm being joined, uh, I guess you could say, to fill his place by, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for quite some time, my good buddy Andreas. How's it going, pal? Hey, how's it going, guys? He is back, and also, for all you long-time listeners, really long-time listeners, this guy hasn't been on the podcast in about a year or so. He was just saying to me before that um, (laughs) he was on the podcast, we talked, DMX wasn't doing well, and then literally a week later, DMX died. Yep, and then uh, today I come here to the news that Gilbert Gottfried is also... Oh yeah, rest in peace, Gilbert Gottfried. Who is a person that me and CJ have... uh, made numerous jokes and admiration over yes over the years um i got some of my, my good buddy fred how's it going yeah, fred thanks for having me back uh, i'm glad people are uh, willing to have me back after my trash takes about um yeah uh, if, for those of you who don't know uh fred had a very hot take about during the falcon and the winter soldier that he claimed that um i like john walker a lot and i thought that there was going to be a really good redemption arc there and uh, i'm sad to say i was wrong but uh i guess in the end he kind of no, but you said a little bit of redemption you, you did say it's I like it was think, a bit of a redemption arc yeah you, yeah. you did say though like in it episode two than i wanted you were like i think john walker's a better captain america than steve rogers in certain ways yeah, and I still stand by that, but, okay. uh, you know. Uh, anyway. So, so Fred, I, I'm actually watching back. I, I told CJ this, like, the other week. I was watching the latest episode, and I was just uh, commuting uh, back and forth from work, and it auto-played all the way back to episode one. And I was like, screw it. I'll listen. To this. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going He back is talking now. about this podcast, for those of you yeah, who yeah, are yeah, following. For, for, for fan speculation. And I think it was episode three or four, where I, I think you were the 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 guest uh, there as well. But yeah. CJ, I think that was like the most savage CJ episode. He just went on this five to seven minute rant about how he hates the Last Jedi. <laughs> and, oh yeah! And oh yeah! That's right. Funniest yeah, I yeah. hate that movie so much. We went on like a oh, my, tangent it was like about the, the most Star Wars video games too. That's right. Yes, we did yes. talk about that. Yes. And, uh, and now I'm trying to open this that. beer, and for some reason it's not fucking opening. It's a twist off for fuck's sake. Yeah. But, oh my god. Live. I, I know oh, CJ I gets. I, I know CJ gets savage on like certain topics, but this was by far like the most. The most. I feel, I've ever heard. I feel very strongly that Star Wars: The Last Jedi is the worst Star Wars movie ever made. It's Rotten Tomatoes lie to you okay you cannot when a movie comes out you can't even believe like rotten tomatoes critic scores unless it's like a marvel movie even then sometimes you can't believe it listen but uh, so i have to admit that because i am for anybody a long time listener of the show they know me as the uh the casual uh follower of uh comic book and action movie related shit with all the bad takes um, I did some research because I didn't want to come in here ill-prepared, and I listened to your last episode of this mm-hmm. podcast, and Sweet. even then, you were throwing shade at The Last Jedi. I uh, I had to pull up Vinny's <laughs> Pornhub page to watch that episode. Uh, <laughs> One year later. Um, That's uh, right. He by said, the way, way more Morbius? views. You were completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, he Has even says, like, seen Morbius yet, or no? No, we have not seen Morbius. No, CJ hasn't I, I, gotten around to pirating it yet. <laughs> Are you guys waiting for it to get on like any kind of streaming? I'm just gonna like wait because yeah, the streaming for services. me like I saw the after credits. <laughs> I I saw the after credit scene with him and Vulture, and then I was watching yeah. a Rockstar's video where they were trying to make sense of the the thing, and then it shows Michael Keaton's Vulture show up in a jail cell somewhere because of the Doctor Strange spell. We're not gonna talk about more because we have more pressing matters to talk about. We have to talk about a lot of things today. We're gonna be going over Moon Knight theories. We're gonna be going over. Uh, Will Smith's banned from the Oscars. Spider-Man No Way Home has been released uh, yesterday when this podcast was released on DVD and Blu-ray. If you haven't got your physical copy, go ahead and go get that. Uh, we're not affiliated. I just love the movie that much. Uh, going a little bit about Multiverse of Madness, but we're going to be talking mainly about the Thor Love and Thunder trailer. Where for out thou Thor? Where the fuck have you been? So, um, for those of you who may have been paying attention... We have not gotten the Thor Love and Thunder trailer. We haven't gotten it uh, quite some time, and it set a new record for shortest time between a trailer release and the movie release. The movie comes out in July, and it is fucking 
April. Now, even Spider-Man No Way Home had a closer window to when its trailer released, or a larger window to when its trailer released, rather than, excuse me, uh, you know, Thor Love and Thunder. The only previous one that had this was The Incredible Hulk, uh, what with what's his name? Uh, Edward Norton playing Old the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so we finally have an update. Now I'm going to be compiling from what I remember here. My 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 day job today was very busy, and my commute home was very busy. So bear with me here. Uh, the voice actor who does the Indian dubbing for Chris Pratt's Star Lord. Um, I don't remember this gentleman's name, so I'm sorry. But he posted on Instagram that he saw the Thor Eleven. Thunder trailer, and he can't wait for all of us to see it. Now, Chris Pratt is in the movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. Most of them are in Thor Love and Thunder. So, the trailer is done and ready to go. And the Cosmic Wonder, Warren Thompson, apparently is saying that it's going to be coming sometime next week. Now, I didn't watch the video because we are pressed for time for this fucking podcast. But the, I was just scrolling through YouTube comments. Everyone just came, I can't wait for next week. Can't wait for next week. So, apparently, we are going to be getting it sometime next week. Uh, Fred, I'm going to come to you first because if I remember correctly, Thor Ragnarok is your favorite Marvel movie. Uh, yeah, Thor Ragnarok is definitely high up there. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good balanced movie between, um, you know, cinematic scenes, action scenes, uh, the comedy that Marvel likes to sprinkle in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you good know, balance. Yeah. You mentioned that it's like uh, the shortest time frame between uh, like advertising and the release of a film, but you know, Marvel is like in the it's like in the same echelon is like major sports teams you know what i mean like it is and it like kind of get away giants with this stuff. don't need to like run commercials to like sell tickets and i feel like marvel has gotten to that phase yeah that's a very good point there um now what would you think this movie might be a little different running from you know obviously from the previous thor movies now obviously thor i think really didn't get his proper shine as a character for most fans until ragnarok came around uh, and now we have the inclusion of the Guardians of the Galaxy. We will have uh, Jane Foster returning and becoming Lady Thor in the MCU. Uh, do you think a lot of people say this could have higher expectations than Ragnarok? What do you think? Uh, I'd, I'd be inclined to agree. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, loose fragments of a lot of stories to be picked up uh, after, uh, you know, the last Avengers movie that came out and everything. And uh, it's been a while since Thor had his own original movie. Or- solo movie i guess being ragnarok Mm -hmm. so i think that there's a lot of potential for this and i think that there's a lot of good uh ways that they can direct this story and i don't know uh the whole inclusion of like lady thor um you know i'm not gonna like trash it because i don't want to be a uh, misogynist piece of shit um (laughs) but you know it's i i have faith i I don't think marvel really misses that often so uh however they're gonna do it i uh I hope it's going to be better than how Captain Marvel was in Endgame, but, you know. I would think, well, Captain Marvel in Endgame was better than Captain Marvel in her own fucking movie, so yeah. let's get that point. Well, that's I'm, only because she was in Endgame for, like, ten minutes. <laughs> I'm hopeful that, that the the Marvel's movie will be good, because I really love Monica Rambeau coming out of WandaVision. But yeah. we'll go to this, and Andreas, you sent this to me and Vinny uh, just this past weekend. Uh, the toy leaks have been out for the pictures of the characters of Thor, Love, and Thunder. Now, sorry, we're not giving you a visual here. But, Andreas, I want you to give me your reactions to, uh, in particular, Gore the God Butcher, who is going to be played by Christian Bale. What do you think of his look and how he'll be presented in the movie? Yeah, so I know the internet is quite split on this uh, because they're like, oh, it's not a a true representation of the comic book character because he looks more, I guess, alien and, and, and probably it would be worth to put more CGI uh, for Gore the God Butcher, but I'm on the I'm on the other half of the internet where where most folks are saying like, you know, Marvel's paying top dollar for Christian Bale's acting and method acting and and all the work that he puts into characters, and you want to CGI his face like Might have to that, agree. that is the wrong move. Like you know, for with example, you that is not with the people with you. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so. I'm not mad at the design. I'm I'm excited to see what Christian Bale brings to the MCU and brings to this character. I'm also excited to see, you know, Star-Lord, you know, bearded Star-Lord and uh and to see what what Natalie Portman does uh for for her imp- imp- uh interpretation of of Thor with with the damaged, you know, hammer um and 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 all that fun stuff. So, I'm excited and I think this is a good path forward for Marvel to to be utilizing Christian Bale in this in this way. 
I think so too. And I was excited to hear that Christian Bale was coming to the MCU. And after reading up on the character of Gore the God Butcher, you know, he is literally in the name, he butchers and kills gods. You know, there's there's been many rumors about different gods appearing in Thor Love and Thunder. Like uh, a report a while back was uh, the Panther goddess Bass from the Black Panther movies, um, who, we, who we've only heard about in story. Not necessarily a live action adaptation of her, but apparently she is rumored to be in the movie, the character in like some kind of human form. We're also supposed to be getting rumors of like Zeus and Poseidon, uh, Hercules and Gore the God Butcher killing a lot of these gods in the movie. And it would make sense considering who he is as a character. Um, now, I don't remember too much of his backstory. I just do remember that he does feel vengeance towards uh, gods and all that and you look like you want to say something. What, what is it, Fred? I mean, I'm just listening to you talk, and, um, you know, you're bringing up, like, different mythologies going from, like, Poseidon to, like, you know, the, the Norse stuff. And I'm well, just yeah, curious, do you think there's going to be a scene where, like, he attends Jesus's crucifixion? Or... <laughs> I don't ooh, think so. Ooh, wait. I don't think <laughs> so, if, no. What if Kratos comes into the scene? And just Kratos, kills everybody. Kratos in the MCU. Yeah. And I, well, wouldn't that necessarily be Gore the God Butcher, but like on steroids? <laughs> yeah, that's what Kratos would be. Um, I mean, because 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 Hercules is, I mean, believe it or not, is actually a Marvel character adaptation in the comics. Like yeah. I, I discovered that from playing the video game Marvel Ultimate Alliance Two. Hercules in the game. Um, it's. I'm very excited for Thor: Love and Thunder. I remember when Vinny and I did a uh, a review of like the movies, like sometime last year, of like all the shows, and movies that were coming out in the next couple of years. And Andreas, you and I talked about earlier this year. We did like a preview for like 2022 in the movies and shows aspect. I'm very much looking forward to um, Thor: Love and Thunder just because. I loved Ragnarok so much because it reminded me so much of the Guardians films and Guardians of the Galaxy um, for a very long time was like my all-time favorite Marvel movie and it still is one of my all-time favorite movies ever. Um, It's just, I think it was also the answer that because realistically the real start, kickstart to the MCU for Phase 4 was going to be Guardians of the Galaxy 3. For those of you who don't know, the reason why we didn't get that is because uh, people were going through James Gunn's Twitter, the director of the films, uh, and they found jokes he made in the mid-2000s, which were perfectly fine to make. They're fucked up, sure, but for that time, there was a lot of fucked up humor in the mid-2000s. This, this was like in the peak of cancel culture, too. Like yeah, is, yeah, very much. They got all of the big names. So they got James Gunn. Disney and Marvel fired James Gunn. So James Gunn's like, all right, well, here we go. And then he started taking other projects. Uh, they were talking, looking at having Taika Waititi in to take place for Guardians Three, which I think, looking back on hindsight, that wouldn't have been such a bad idea because he is a great director. He directed the uh, Ragnarok, and he's directing Thor: Love and Thunder, and he also does the voice of Korg, one of your favorite characters, Fred. I know you loved, you fucking loved yeah. Korg and me coming out of Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. um, but then eventually Disney realized, okay, this is stupid. Let's bring James back, and James Gunn's like, okay, I'd love to come back, but now I'm committed to these projects, so my time isn't available like it once was because he went on to do other other shows and he did the Suicide Squad yeah, movie the new Suicide Squad which is fantastic Peacemaker. was that Andreas? Peacemaker was amazing oh he directed Peacemaker too right? Peacemaker yeah yeah it was fantastic um, so they had to push back and put in a fourth Thor movie and and they're not having all of the Guardians in the movie because I don't think Rocket's in the movie I'm pretty sure Rocket's not in the movie, if if I'm not mistaken. But majority of the Guardians are. Dave Bautista's in it. Chris Pratt's in it. Uh, uh, we also, I think Karen Gillan as Nebula is in the movie as well. So most of the Guardians are in this movie, but not all of them. So I think this is our makeup for the As Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 or whatever the fuck we were supposed to get at the yeah. beginning of uh, Phase 4. Um, I will say that I think... It will be basing off of the Jane Foster cancer storyline. Uh, from what I understand, she would take the hammer. It would initially cure her cancer at first, but whenever she stops using the hammer, she just goes back to reverting having cancer. And I think she eventually just says, "Like I, you know, this isn't a way to live." And I think Jane Foster eventually just dies. I'll po- I'll pose the question to you because Marvel, as much as they like to. Um, they they take things and they base things off certain stories. Like an example I'll give is Captain America Civil War. Now in the Civil War story, 
Captain America Steve Rogers does die in the comic. Obviously, in the MCU movie, he did not. And it was they it was similarly based off the comic. Do you think they will try and keep Natalie Portman in the MCU for a long time? Or do you guys think that they'll kind of go with the comics and kind of go forward with it? Andreas, I'll start with you. I think she she would like die eventually, like you're saying, but I don't think in this film. I think they want to uh, appeal to that target audience of having a female god figure in the MCU. So I, I think she maybe is in the next Avengers movie, whatever that looks like. And maybe, you know, dies in that one from the cancer overcoming, you know, the temporary fix or, and whatnot. That's that's my personal view. How about you, Fred? What do you think? Um, so I, I think I said it last time I was here, too, where I think Marvel is above telling stories and they kind of teach lessons. And um, I when you, like, describe the whole thing of, like, using uh, Mjolnir's power to, like aid or cancer and it's kind of like a crutch there it reminds me of the story of tony stark where he had you know the fucking battery in his heart mm, right yeah so which he um, actually didn't need anymore right so i don't know because i feel like if they draw too many parallels there they're going to be caught in a very similar loop and i don't think that uh you know like that's something that feige wants to do or like um you know like i don't think that's like something james gunn wants to do too or it's like well this is kind of just like fucking iron man but you mean taika uh yeah sorry 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 no it's um, okay they're very they're very similar when they do these movies regardless like you know nobody no major director wants to release a blockbuster film that has already kind of been done before you know what i mean so yeah i feel true. like uh you know tony stark was like a, a story of being down bad for a while and eventually overcoming it and you know paying it off in the end with a big sacrifice um, I, I don't know what the plan on this is going to be, but I just, I don't feel like it's going to be the same direction. I feel like there might be more of a, uh, like you can't always get what you want kind of thing. And I, I do agree with Andreas there where it's like, you know, I'm sure they do want to start appealing to, uh, like, you know, the female superhero audience a little bit more, but I feel like they still have Valkyrie and, uh, you know, they're, they have plenty of avenues to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. That's my take. I'm kind of with both you guys. Like, I really think they would try and do everything they can to keep Natalie Portman around. But according to previous stories and reports, Natalie Portman wasn't really happy about her time in the MCU. You know, she, you know, was kind of over the whole thing. And if I recall, she was actually like, I think she was probably arguably a bigger star when those movies were out at the time because wasn't Black Swan around the time, the same time as the Hulk, the Thor movies? In the Avengers movies? It was like a year before, yeah. It was like, I think it was like, I want to say Black Swan was in high school when it when it first came Well, I was in high school when it first came out, and I think it came out roughly around the same time as the first Thor movie, if I'm not mistaken. So I would, I would agree with you, Fred, that I think they definitely want to have more female superhero presence, but I also agree in the sense that I feel like Natalie Portman may not want to be around, but maybe they'll also want to, you know, stick to the story. Um, if it was up to you guys, though, what would you rather see? Uh, would you rather see them kind of go with the story and kind of, like, be on her way and maybe Jane Foster does die in, in the story? Or would you rather her stay in the MCU? I'll start with you, Fred. Um, I mean, personally, I'm I'm kind of indifferent. Um, you know, I, I'm not really a artistic type, so I couldn't really tell you. Because after this, like, I don't think anybody here currently kind of knows what the general direction is with the Thor movies after this one. Well, I mean, Chris uh, Hemsworth is like, he's like, he's fair game to do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Like, he, do whatever. He's like, if you want me, I'll stay. Yeah. Which he loves playing Thor. Which I mean, I, th- I don't so think like, he's going to go anywhere for a long there's time. There's kind of like a general theme that's building among the MCU right now with, uh, you know, between like Moon Knight, Doctor Strange, like all this kind of stuff is starting to tie together a little bit and like you know mm-hmm. WandaVision tying into multiverse yeah you know I feel like they're they're building up towards something and Spider-Man Far From Home is part of that build up as well No Way Home uh what did I say Far From Home Far From Home yeah No Way Home it's okay they're all home is in every single fucking yeah. movie so it's hard yeah they made it real real difficult but um I I feel like there's not as much of like a unified direction that people know the Thor movies are moving into mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, there could be some kind of big reveal, it, 
whether they're going to be kind of like phasing out the story of Thor mm-hmm. or whether they're going to be uh, shifting it over to a different type of build up towards another major like, you know, MCU event. Well, with you saying that, it kind of leads me to this. And Andreas, I'll, I'll come to you with this. Do you think that because we may not really know what the direction is, and, I, and even though I just said Chris Hemsworth was like, if you want me, you'll have me. But in the event that maybe Chris Hemsworth might be done as Thor after this, do you think it's possible, Andreas, that maybe they could try and give that mantle to Natalie Portman, Jane Foster? Uh, I don't know. Is has he previously communicated that he's done? I, I don't see this being Chris. Hemsworth, I don't. So. I don't think so either. But in the case that yeah. in the case that let's say he let's say he would say I, I want to be done or take a break for a while. Could you see Marvel like giving the mantle to her? I I, I could I could, but I, I just hope like like he came off such a high off off Ragnarok and and, and into and those he, into those movies and yeah. and. and Endgame and whatnot. So, I think, I think he has a few movies left. I, I think it would be a fitting thing if they if they decided to to do that to eventually give the mantle to to Portman if if that's kind of in the in the direction. But I think I think our Thor, I think Chris Hemsworth Thor has a few more stories to tell, and I'm excited for it. So I would absolutely agree. Uh, like I said, I think he's a guy who like he loves doing it. But one thing I would definitely do is I would definitely make his story up in the air. Not to the point where, like, it's like, oh, we're never going to see Thor again. But to the point of, like, well, when are we going to see him again? Make us want to be able to see him again. And then eventually when we do see him, it'll be a big deal, you know? Like, I would make him, like, even though they won't do this, it would be a lot cooler for, like, an audience reaction in the theater excuse me, but uh, to like in the Avengers movie, like whenever the next Avengers movie would be like, have him show up and as a surprise, but they, but you know, they're going to advertise Chris Hemsworth in an Avengers movie. If he's going to be in an Avengers movie, like he's, he's one of the last few OG Avengers left in the MCU and they would definitely promote him. Um, Cause personally I would, I think we should definitely have some kind of a break from Thor uh, as much as I love Chris Hemsworth as Thor, we definitely make us want him and make us miss him. And I think that's something Marvel does for the most part with their characters, that we do get such an extended break with certain characters that when we do see them again, we are excited. It's not like we're like, oh, God, here's Captain America again, or oh, fuck, here's 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 Vision or whatever. It's like, and I, I'm looking at my, I saw my Vision Funko Pop, and the first thing, because I'm, I'm looking at like other heroes, I'm like, fuck, what do I say in Vision? Uh, but I mean, but White Vision though we have still him lurking around the MCU. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the trailer, as we've been saying, you know, could be coming the next week. Um, are you guys excited for it? Because I know we sure are. It's going to be a great fucking time. These movies that we have coming out are going to be a, a lot of great fun. Um, real quickly, uh, Fred, you pointed this out before we uh, started recording, but uh, there was a clip that Marvel released for Multiverse of Madness. Tickets are out now, so if you haven't got your tickets, definitely go get them. Um, you pointed out Strange's eyes in this little clip that they played. Now, yeah. for those of you who may have not seen it, it's, it's hyping up Multiverse of Madness and different actors such as Benedict Wong, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, and uh, Elizabeth Olsen are all hyping up the movie, promoting it, you know, giving like little interview segments while a clip is playing. Yeah. And you noticed his eyes were like kind of like grayish blue, and then you noticed, noticed them being like darker, almost like he's in a trance. Yeah, there's a, there's a point about... Uh... He's I'd also like, in the Illuminati compound, by the way, just to preface this. I'd say like 30 seconds into uh, the new clip. It, it, essentially, it's not really any new footage. It looks like a lot of reused footage from like the, the two-minute mm-hmm. uh, trailer that they released like about a week ago. But they have uh, like small snippets of the actors talking over it. But I noticed in this one that they're, you know... Um, you know, Strange is in that compound and he has like his hand shackled or something. But about 10 seconds earlier, you see strange in his usual get up and he's out in the sun and his eyes are you know no homo but benedict cumberbatch does have nice eyes <laughs> um so he's, he's i'm kinda standing there. He has, look after him yeah you, and that's an iron man let me, reference. let me just say cj's goatee is coming along pretty nicely yeah um, i must oh, say yeah wee wee. i i had a full length beard but now i i say i look more yeah. like um 
I'd say more like Sinister Strange because it's it's a lot longer. Stephen Strange, Doctor Strange is more more clean cut a little bit. And with with the comb over haircut too, it's it's all coming together. It's all coming together. <laughs> oh yeah, it's all coming together. <laughs> um, but no, so there's a there's a scene where you know like you see uh, Strange in his usual getup out in the sun, and his eyes are like really bright. But then you see him in this compound about 15 seconds later in this trailer, and his eyes look very much darker um almost like he's wearing like eyeliner you know what i mean like uh, i don't know if it's gonna tie in anything i don't know if it's just the lighting but because i just thought of this as you're explaining this whole thing now it could be one of two things now we know that wanda is going to eventually attack the illuminati compound and she appears to be in a fight with who presumably is going to be Maria Rambeau, Captain Marvel. Maria Rambeau is the mother of Monica Rambeau, Carol Danvers' best friend. And the theory going around the movie is that in an alternate universe, Maria Rambeau is the one who became Captain Marvel and not Carol Danvers. And this Maria Rambeau variant would be on the Illuminati, it appears. Um, It could be one of two things. One, it could be Strange sensing Wanda's presence coming to the compound. Or it could be Charles Xavier entering his mind trying to open up his mind to things as to why the illuminati is what it is and maybe we get like this whole big thing where charles just opens his mind to being like this is why we have this group this is why like all these tragic events are happening and we are here to make sure the multiverse is kept safe almost like uh like when the ancient one in the first movie he's like oh she's like open your eye and he just sent him through the multiverse and just like fucking blew our minds with all the trippy shit that was going yeah. on there personally that's what i would like but um but andreas what would you uh, if, if you know the clip, what we're talking about, what would you think is more likely? Strange sensing on uh, Wanda's presence or maybe like a similar scene with Strange and Xavier, like Strange and Xavier with the Ancient One? I would like something influenced from Professor Xavier. I know it was either last week or the week before you and Vinny theorized that the scene where um, Doctor Strange is walking with Wanda in the field if, if that's Professor Xavier trying to get into Wanda's head and then she finds out this is like a hoax and then that's when the scene turns into a, a reality, like everything is like dark and red around her. So I would like to see the power of this Professor Xavier. I think this is based off the 90s one where he's like, you know, OG kind of <laughs> kind of thing. So um, I, I, w- I would like the MCU to really tap into how how powerful he he is so i have a i have an uninformed question that hopefully one of you guys can answer what's the uh what's the timeline on that scene where dr strange is walking up to one in that field is that um before he casts the multiverse spell in uh no way home or is that after because i would have to assume that's after the movie. after because yeah. depending on that scene there's a very big shift in context because uh, you know, like, I don't want to get too far down a rabbit hole that probably doesn't even exist in the first place. But We do this in the podcast all whole time, so you wouldn't be the <laughs> first know? person to do it. But think about, like, the context there before, like, so if he goes up to Wanda and asks, what do you know about the multiverse, before he starts experimenting with the spells for Peter Parker, you know, it's a completely different context versus after when he's trying to fix it. And if it is uh, Professor Xavier doing that projection, asking what she knows about the multiverse it could be they're trying to find a way to control the multiverse if they're going down that route i mean we've theorized like when Vinny and andreas and i did an episode on we did the episode on the multiverse of madness trailer when it came out still to this day it has like the most downloads ever had i think it's like like 460 right, current, gloat currently currently i'm gonna i'm gonna gloat about it like, <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very proud of that fact and we got Aimless like drug. With with yeah. like dumb luck and shit, you know, because uh, everybody asks like, "How'd you do that?" I'm like, honestly, we just fucking put it out. When, it was, uh, when it was it just came endless up. streams of many insulting. I- your <laughs> <laughs> He's not here to insult the listeners yeah. today. Hey, uh, in uh, honor of Vinny Carini, uh, go kill yourself. No, don't. <laughs> oh fuck, he's gonna really appreciate that because you're keeping his spirit yeah. alive. You gotta keep it going. You can't end the streak. <laughs> don't actually kill yourself, please. We'll be liable for that. I, shit. I think. Yeah, legal disclaimer. Uh, I, I may or may not. I may or may not have gone to a public library and downloaded two hundred of those four hundred and six <laughs> or whatever you said. <laughs> Did you have like two hundred devices? Because Jesus Christ, 
listen, he's doing his part. We need more listeners to do that. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. So um, Vinny did theorize that what if that is Dr. Strange, uh, Xavier plugging Dr. Strange into Wanda's mind so that she sees a familiar face. With what you're saying, Fred, I do believe that when he comes to her, it is after the events of No Way Home. And I do believe that the multiverse is starting to implode, and that's why he went to her, because he knew about the events of Westview. He It was either in the first or the second trailer they released for the movie, where she says, I've done some bad things, but I'm... I'm repaying for them. I'm trying to better myself. And he says, I'm not here to talk about what happened in Westview. And we did learn, I believe from, I think it was the head writer of WandaVision said that Dr. Strange was supposed to make a cameo in WandaVision as the pharmacist in that commercial. in like the, I think second to last episode, or at least the last episode where it had a sitcom element to it, like the modern family element to it. Right. Um, like Strange was supposed to be the pharmacist, and the, apparently the commercials were a way to uh, of Strange trying to communicate with Wanda. I don't know how much of that is going to be retcon once this movie comes, but I do think that Strange will come to her because she was able to make her own reality. So that probably makes him think, well, if there's anybody who might know what's going on, it might be her because hell, she was able to make her own little little pocket reality in our own universe. So if anybody, why not her? Was there was there any mention of the whole events of the hex in uh No Way Home? No, there was no reference to it. Not until this movie. Um The only reason why I ask is because like uh in No Way Home when they enter it the No, never mind. I'm talking on my ass here it's all right i don't know i I just i just feel like there's a lot of different routes that they can done it like so this is one of my biggest not really gripes but i guess it's like a pet peeve with the direction of the multiverse is that there are so many paths that they can just enter at any point in time and just say because disney owns it yeah like hey (laughs) this is the multiverse it's crazy i mean so it's i i feel like it's everything here is like up for grabs there's no anything and everything can happen in this movie um i will say with this because andreas i do know you are pressed for time you don't have a whole lot of time left so uh i will let you choose as to what how much more stuff you want to talk about you can choose here for the next segment my friend sorry fred i don't mean to go no, I just no, no, good. Keep, keep, keep 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 going keep going i'm good you're good mm-hmm. keep going okay all right you well can, i don't know if you're gonna cut this out or not but... no i just legitimately you told me you have until like no i i know i know i i i, I push something else out don't worry about it all right, perfect. Here, good, hey, good, because we have a few other things to talk about, and I'd be very sad if you left. Don't leave me again. You're already in Texas. It's bad enough. First, <laughs> Vinny, know you. <laughs> what? First, Vinny, know. Anyway, um, well, since we are on the topic of multiverse, and we have talked about Spider-Man: No Way Home, uh, the Spider-Man: No Way Home uh, Blu-ray DVD is now out for a physical copy. Andreas, yeah. you, you got yours the day before everybody else could actually physically get them. You are that out the some, best buy. Some of the very few, and the post office actually got to you, which is amazing. Uh, and I got my copy today from Amazon. Um, what are you? Uh, just tell us a little bit about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, if you can give us a little bit of a like teaser, and for those of you who haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so I, I subscribe to uh, IGN, either IGN or IGN Deals. There's two separate Twitter accounts. But anyway, um, and I, I was one of the, like, as soon as they tweeted that it was available for pre-order, I bought it right away. Um, and it's the seal book. I only bought the seal book. I usually don't buy seal books for, for movies because it's like an extra five bucks for this, you know, you know little little case thing that, that it comes with. But this by far, in my opinion, was like the best cover art for the film. Most of the other ones were just like oh, yeah, Spider-Man, fantastic. Doctor Strange, back to back. This actually was like concept art with his um, advanced suit and like Doc Ock, Green Goblin, and Electro on the cover. So if you haven't checked that out, I highly suggest to check that out. And it may or may not be worth the extra, you know, five bucks uh, for, for you or not. Um, but no, uh Michelle and I went upstairs and we we watched a couple of the 
of the behind the scenes videos and and one of the first ones that I put on was the um the the, the feature of the three Spider-Men. I think it was called like Spider-Man's Journey or whatnot. And um and it was a really like to to, to me, you know, be, growing up with these movies since I was a kid and going to all the midnight premieres for all these Spider-Man films, if not all the Marvel films, uh, except Morbius. Um, but <laughs> you and I was, went to uh, you and I went to Amazing Spider-Man one together. I remember. Amazing, and, yes, and yes. his first movie. Yes, that's true. So it, it was a. I know they're they're doing some like highlights on YouTube and their Instagram account, but this feature was maybe about five or six minutes long, and really paid a lot of attention to like Toby Spider-Man and Andrew Spider-Man, and there was a lot of like cool scenes in there and 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 they're just acting like all crazy like dancing on the statue of liberty together and whatnot so it was just so touching to see these like grown men you know like really <laughs> care about their characters and and feel like a genuine need to to come back and and do it justice uh, especially uh, uh andrew garfield with the redemption arc for his character so i highly suggest checking out those special features when you get the film um and uh yeah it was a lot of fun yeah and fred's like snickering at me because he he knows what i want to talk about i will say really quickly uh it's very refreshing to see toby be very talk very passionately about this because we heard a lot of rumors about how he didn't give a fuck and he was only in it for the money uh it's very refreshing to see just how much at least from the stuff that i've seen that they've released on the internet how much Toby cares and how much he genuinely is so happy to be playing Spider-Man. And you could see it from all three of them, just the fun they were having. I will get into this thing because there are some like really things that I think are good to talk about, even though it does come from a fucking YouTube, <laughs> fucking YouTube comment or I had recently. So, Gather around, uh, children. We're gonna take a deep dive into the internet. Where it's you story. Can argue it's fourteen-year-olds for fun. He's. I don't know how old this person <laughs> is. You know he's fourteen. But this fucking guy's name is Zubin. Ch- uh, you know what? I'm gonna leave it at that. Zubin. Yeah. There you go. Hi, Zubin. Yeah. For be- all because five- because one of my buddy because what my my buddy Joe said you should be fucking name dropping people you argue on the internet with like so. Yeah. Zoo is his name. Z O O. No, you've already dropped his full name. No, it's his own. That's his first name. Wait, you're gonna go back and redra- like redact it, or I just said his first name. Nobody knows what the fuck his 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 yeah. last name is. To- Hell, you know what? That doesn't even sound like a real name. People could think I'm bullshitting, and you know what? Maybe Wait. I am. To Wait, all the I'm five gonna go people back to the- named Zubin out there, we're watching you. All right. Hey, but- hey, Zubin C. <laughs> you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so because I sent Andreas, you Zubin C, because Andreas and Vinny have the screenshots from this. Anyway, oh, we have re- all the screenshots. Yeah, uh, I've been sharing this. I don't know. I don't know what you guys been doing, but I've been posting this on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> that was like I'm instantly. Kidding, by the way. But that was the my mind went when CJ was telling me he had because I'm because I'm sending this because I didn't start this because I'm I'm sending this to Andreas and Vinny and like I said like I didn't start this but I'll finish it. And really quickly, though, uh, speaking of social media, can we give Andreas here a, a big shout out for his big 10 milli views on Instagram there? I mean, we kind of did before, but sure. Yeah, we already did. I missed it. Yo, he said he said his uh, reel that, got that like was, 10 million views. The, I think that was before the recording, though. Yeah, the that people was before the recording. Know. Oh, was it? So, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah it that's was. right. It was so. So if the people like give a shit, um, if you check out my <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> If you check out my Instagram, I posted this like really grainy, stupid go ahead and video. Say, say your Instagram. Yeah, go shameless ahead. plugs. Go for it. A Palica. A P A L L I K A. All lowercase, no spaces. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, A Palica. Go run up that view count. Go for A-Palica. it. A Palica. So uh, we, were, we were actually watching the Oscars uh, live uh, doing some Sunday night laundry and. It, the slap happened, and I asked my wife right away, like, go back, rewind, hit the pause button, and then hit fast forward. And in, in like, Xfinity or, like, these cable things, it, it does a slow-mo. And so I took a video of my TV, posted on Instagram, and I put the caption, like, coward or boss, and, and put a question mark with some hashtags. And the first couple days, it was like maybe like one or two k. And I told I told Michelle, I'm like, it's probably gonna get to like five, maybe ten k max. 
And then a week and a half later, it like every other day has been going up like a million or two. And now we're at just over ten and a half million. I just checked. But anyway, the internet is crazy. If you and like seventy five thousand likes. Yeah. If you if you post the stupidest shit and you get people talking, because the comments are the funniest part, right? Like people are so seventy percent of the comments. <laughs> yeah. Seventy percent of the comments is that, that it was staged, that um Will Smith is a little bitch, that if it was like the actual rock or someone like even, you know, close to his size, he would never have done that. He just would have sat in his seat and sucking Jada's little anyway. But uh so <laughs> hey, <yo>. So yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh yeah, the internet is crazy. Uh and uh just Post whatever you want to post and see where it goes, kind of thing. We, so we'll get back to the Will Smith ordeal in a minute here, but uh, let's let's get back to the story of Zubin. Yes, Zubin. <laughs> oh God, I fucked up, man. I shouldn't have last had, like, name enter here. <laughs> anyway, so okay, so this is, and we're gonna base this off of like some reports about Andrew and Toby. Currently, um, from according to Daniel RPK from a video I watched from Cosmic Wonder. Um, Daniel RPK is saying that both parties of Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, Tobey Maguire, and Sony are very, just of it is that they're both very much interested in doing projects again, reprising their roles as Spider-Man. We've heard this stuff about Sam Raimi op- open for Spider-Man 4, Toby said he's open for anything, Kirsten Dunn says he's open for Spider-Man 4, Andrew Garfield recently saying at the Oscars that, you know, about the whole, you know, about Spider-Man 3, he's like, well, if it is going to get made, you're not going to hear it from me because no one's going to believe a word I say. And he's like, and that's on me, though, because I, I I did that to myself, meaning he lied to us for almost two years about not being in Spider-Man No Way Home. So the Cosmic Wonder, Warren Thompson, a YouTube channel that I watch very fondly, and I'm a big fan of his stuff, uh, he said at the end of the video, if you could only have one, whether it be Toby's fourth Spider-Man movie or The Amazing Spider-Man 3 for Andrew Garfield, which one would you rather have? And I said, Andrew should get his third movie. As much as I would love to, to have both... Toby and Tom got their full trilogy. Andrew deserves the same. Now, if you take the context of what we saw from Spider-Man No Way Home, that does make a lot of sense. Now, had I been spouting this stuff when The Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out and it was very poorly received, I think a lot of people would probably cry, try and crucify me. You know, But this guy says to me, Flop movies don't get sequels. If I go with your logic, we need to make Affleck's Daredevil sequel and Clooney's Batman a sequel, etc. Okay, that's kind of weird, but then I say, well, then let's put it this way. Andrew was given a second chance to Spider-Man with having good writing, good direction. Fans finally see him as a great Spider-Man thanks to No Way Home, and he's arguably the best part of the movie. Why not have Tasm 3 if we get good writing and direction, I ask him. He says, Andrew acted like a victim. That's why people are asking for him to compete, uh, complete his trilogy. As well, as, as well, he acts bad as Spider-Man. Kevin Feige, all in capital letters, said the same. I am lame. I want to fight an alien too. His overacting, etc. doesn't make him worthy of a sequel. You guys are probably scratching your head right now. And believe me, I was too. Because he was a victim. His Peter Parker lost the love of his life. And, his, and he's the reason she died. He's this broken Peter slash Spider-Man. If you don't like his Spider-Man, that's cool, dude. That's your opinion. Thumbs up emoji. But your Kevin Feige comment makes zero sense considering Marvel brought him in. Regardless if Feige said these things, he has the final say to who was going to be in the movie. Referencing, Feige brought in Andrew Garfield for No Way Home. And he just says, Feige stopped Tasman 3 from happening. Go check it. And we talked about this in the podcast a while back when the story came out. Yes, I'm aware of the story. Amy Pascal, the head of Sony. Ask Kevin Feige, head of Marvel Studios, if you're not aware, with Tasm 3, and he came to get Spider-Man the MCU with a new actor, hence why we have Tom Holland. He didn't like what Sony was doing with Spider-Man, and that's where we are today. The main point is Andrew shouldn't be shouldn't get the blame for the way Tasm movies lacked in popularity. He himself is an incredible actor. I mean, if you if you don't believe me, go watch Tick, Tick, Boom and uh, Hacksaw Ridge, the two movies he was nominated for an Oscar. He's an incredible, incredible actor. I'm kind of going off a tangent with these comments, too. He himself is an incredible actor. He's a two-time Oscar-nominated actor for a reason. And I, I'm almost done, I promise. <laughs> he says, same goes for Clooney. He, too, is Academy Award winner. He should get his sequels for Batman Robin. He's clearly being sarcastic. Dude, you made that point already. It doesn't make any sense. You can't even compare the, the movies and that 
You can't compare that movie and that actor to what standards the superhero movies hold today. I told you Andrew was given a second chance under better circumstances, and it's okay if you don't like it, but a lot of people want it. We can only hope for it to go on and see, and if it indeed does happen. And this guy really, really was like trying to fucking make a point. I don't know what the fuck his point was, but he was saying this. My point makes a lot of sense. I don't care what Andrew, uh, Andrew already regret. Uh, I regret watching the Tasman movies and still want a refund. Well, that sounds like a you problem there, pal. I just want McGuire Spider-Man 4. He claimed that it, it's, it's coming out on May 6, 2011, that Sony tweeted an official poster. I don't know if that's the that's the case. There was supposed to be a tie-in for a game. Jeffrey Henderson said the movie was going to be Kick-Ass, an anime and Vulture leak. That is true. Kirsten Dunst wants it. He says Toby wants it. You know, and you know, that there should be so much there. And he says Raimi worked for Spider-Man 4 for three years and it never got started. Tasm 3 inst- uh, instead was, was a Sinister Six spinoff, was going to be uh, going to be that before it came to light. Also, Tasm 3 was going to be the worst Spider-Man movie of all time, check its plots. And I'm just like, dude, you really don't quit, do you? With a laughing face emoji. <laughs> you really think you would keep the same plot as we did decades ago? We'd leave off as to where Andrew was in No Way Home. I said, and Spider-Man 4 could still happen. Everyone can get what they want. Now, I think I'm fair to say that I was trying to be very much fair and just have a conversation with this guy from what you can understand. And his guy, And this guy's final word was, fine. Did he leave a period at the end of that, by the way? No, just fine. Ooh, just open-ended. Yeah. So, needless to say, I think this guy... <laughs> I think he's just being a fucking troll on the internet. I just had a lot of fun with him. I thought it'd be fun to say. But I wanted to bring these things up because... There are kind of some weird points that are being made. But also, I think it's safe to say that... We as Spider-Man fans would love to have Tasm 3... And Spider-Man 4, especially if they're taking place after No Way Home when we see an older Tobey Maguire and, and, you know, uh, an older Andrew Garfield where they are now. Yeah, the Spider-Man with their lessons learned and they've grown from them. Yeah, exactly. Um, Andreas, I'll say this to you because I I only just told Fred about this whole fucking rant just earlier today when he came by. Um, But with some of the stuff that you're making here, I will ask the question for you. If you could only have one of these movies, would you rather have Toby's fourth Spider-Man movie, or would you rather have The Amazing Spider-Man three? Uh, um, tough choice. I know we ask hard questions here on the podcast. I I, I would say T T A S M three only Tasm. because Tasm, Tasm. Yeah, yeah. I would say Tasm three just because we haven't seen like. Movies have, like, three acts, right? Like, that's the whole, like, you know, act one, act two, act three. Mm-hmm. We've we've seen the third act for, for Spider-Man, right? We've seen him go through the struggles of facing off his best friend and then best friend saving other best friend and dying for said best friend and and getting the girl at the end. But it, it seems complicated. There's more there, but you could kind of just assume what happens in the future. You know, they probably end up getting together, but... Spider-Man, like, Toby Spider-Man three. For those of you who may not be aware, yeah, of yeah, yeah. About. Sorry. So, so after Tasm two, you you really don't know. I mean, like, there's no there's no closure. So, so uh, I think mm-hmm. we need closure out of Andrew Garfield's movies. If they if they do a Spider-Man four, all the better. You know, like an old old man Spidey kind of film. Like, not to compare it with Logan, but but anyway, like like something like that, or that would be or, cool. or whatnot. I would, would be like a that. Pretty badass film, yeah. but um. But no, I would I would much rather see just for Andrew Garfield's you know character development and just and the story for a Tasm three. Well, Fred, when I was reading this to you before, you were saying things like flop movies don't get sequels, and you yeah. brought up the point of like, well, wasn't Spider Man three regarded as a bad movie? Yeah, uh, as somebody who uh, professionally argues with people on Reddit, I uh, <laughs> become a master debater. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, he he brings up a lot of really dumb points, and Zubin, if you're listening to this, you need to tighten your arguments up, son, because uh, you're going to get walked all over, oh, right? So where he says I'm arguments... Never, I'm never going to hear the end of this from my buddy Joe. He's going to, like, fucking stop saying people's names. Yeah. Well, you know what, Joe? You're getting name-dropped, too, okay? You're either on our side or you're on Zubin's, so pick a side <laughs> yeah, Zubin. and choose wisely, okay? Zubin uh, with a Z? Yeah. 
<laughs> so he, he starts off by saying like bad movies don't get sequels right two things there one spider-man 3 was considered the worst one of the trilogy but here he is saying he would go see spider-man 4 right he says he saw both tasm movies and wants his money back well if tasm 1 was so bad and you believe in the philosophy of flop movies don't deserve sequels why the fuck did you pay to go see tasm 2 you yeah know? exactly right I um, paid to see Tasm 2 because I loved Tasm 1. This this is the other thing that uh, Zubin is failing to realize here is uh, he felt like people open up to um, uh, Andrew Garfield because he played the role of like a, a victim, mm-hmm. right? Um, be, be I don't I don't know if Zubin here ever saw Spider-Man 1 where uh, Tobey Maguire's Uncle Ben just, you know, gets skedaddle skedoodled and killed in the beginning of the film skedaddled skedoodled (laughs) so um you know he kind of has that victim role for a while there yeah that's kind of the the whole story arc of spider-man is that uncle ben dies he feels bad because he kind of feels at fault for it major family member dies and that's that's where it is you know that's the whole character of spider-man i don't know if zubin has ever watched like a an action film in his life but that's kind of just a commonplace in a lot of them it's called character development yeah that's exactly what it's called Anyway, um, I don't want to spend the rest of this time shitting on this guy. I just thought it was very funny and very interesting <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, for what we have. But for the remaining time of the podcast, I do want to quickly talk about Moon Knight and how the show has been going. Uh, we all here are caught up to date with what's going on with Moon Knight, and the second episode was phenomenal. Um, there's a lot of questions to be asked here as to, like, you know, there's a thing of like how still we don't know how long has Stephen Grant been Stephen Grant and how long has Mark Spector been Mark Spector. Why are there two personalities living in here? I'll leave the floor to you guys. Um, what do you think is going on? Uh, Andreas, do you have any theories as to what you think is going on with Mark Spector and Stephen Grant? I, I think I do. Um, uh, can you remind me who the who the villain's name is? The, the one that walks with the glass in his sandals? Well, that's Ethan Hawke, the the actor. I think um, oh, I forget the Conchu, name of the guy. Conchu, who is the god of the moon, who gives the power of Moon Knight. Um, Amit is the evil god. Well, um, I, Amit's the evil god, but I'm trying to remember Ethan okay, Hawke's so, character. Yeah, so 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 uh, Amit's avatar, right? The the, the guy with the, the Ethan Hawke. Ethan, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, right? Yeah. He he, he 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 tells Stephen like, do you think Kanchu chose you because you're broken or because? So, I, I think I forgot the rest of the quote, but but something like that. I think that um, he did have some sort of maybe maybe prior mental illness and was broken, you know, internally uh, before Mark Spector came in. And I, I'm not I'm not a big Moon Knight comic book guy so i'm not f- completely sure like who mark specter as an entity is but apparently it, it seems like Kanju and mark specter have a back history right because apparently the the uh Kanju said that like he pulled them from a corpse so maybe he was about to die and like committed his life kind of like kratos did to Ares of I-, I will do your bidding if you save me or save my family or something like that so he probably found a the nearest or or just the most fragile vessel being steven um maybe due to some previous you know health issues or previous you know circumstance so i think that's potentially how it could have happened where you just have this broken fragile character and this omnipotent god that just kind of puts like this um this avatar kind of um personality in there and can switch on and off depending on who's stronger at the given time, which now Steven and Mark seem to be roughly 50 50. It seems like Steven is getting more of control and like granting Mark to take over when he couldn't fight off the Jackal anymore. So um, I think that's what's happening, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. What about you, Fred? What do you think? Um, I mean, me and Andreas had a, a little bit of an exchange about this before and we were kind of on the same page where it's pretty impressive how they're, you know, they revealed so much about Mark Spector in episode two, but it still feels like there's just so many questions to be answered. Um, and there's still so much more that they can reveal about him. And I think that it's almost, I wouldn't say indefinite, but there's definitely like uh, easily a full season's worth of, of things to unravel about the mystery behind his split ego there, right? Um, one thing that I will note is the mother aspect still hasn't been 
fully explained. So yeah. he, like, Stephen calls his mother every day. Leaves a message. Leaves never, a, never leaves actually talks a message. to her. She never answers, right? Um, but so, someone is sending him postcards, though, from his mom. Right. So that's, like, part of the interesting thing there is that Stephen has no recollection of his life as Mark Spector. Right, but he knows that he has to call his mother, who we don't even know if she's alive or what the deal is there. Mm-hmm. And when Stephen runs into Layla for the first time, and he mentions, you know, his mother, she is thinking that he's Mark, yeah. and says like, "Oh, you know, have you like worked things out or whatever, or you guys are on speaking terms now?" Whatever she says. So clearly, there was some kind of issue with Mark there as well. And it's kind of interesting that of all the things that Stephen does not remember about his time as Mark Spector, his mother is like the only constant that follows both personalities. Yeah, that's um, a very so uh, good point there. That needs to be answered. Um, you know, maybe that was like the traumatic event that split his ego or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think the the situation is developing pretty well. There's a lot of mystery surrounding it, and uh, seeing like both personalities start to have more of a share of the same body is um, a very interesting aspect that they're building on pretty well. I would think so too. And there's there's so much to unravel, and there's so much to still remember. Like one thing, I was trying to watch a video from the rock stars recently. It's like, sir. Uh, it wasn't that, uh, whatchamacallit, that Mark wasn't blipped because we saw his his um, his passport said in December of 2018 that he got his passport. The blip happened earlier in 20, 2018. So what if maybe Stephen Grant blipped and maybe there are side effects of the blip that we don't know and maybe like his soul was sent to another body, and it happened to be Mark Spector. The other thing to think about is Khonshu, the, the the god of the moon who's giving them this power. He doesn't seem like all that great of a guy either. Like, Ethan Hawke's character, uh, and I can't remember his name, he does have some valid points about Khonshu, you know? And Mark is saying, like, I'm working with him because he's targeting Layla as his next avatar, and I keep working with him to protect her. So Khonshu doesn't seem all that great of a person either. He seems very self-motivated, and he's being very manipulative. You know, we still have the questions of, where does Mark Spector begin? Where does Stephen Grant begin? Who is really the real thing? And I like to believe that maybe Stephen has been the you can make argument that Steven's kind of been the more of the of, of the of the body of the personality and all that and that uh he's been around and Mark is the one who came in because Conchu said you were a a living corpse when I found you you think this body belongs to you makes me believe that Mark's soul doesn't belong to this body and however long he could he was over to overtake Stephen Grant and live a life of God knows how long with this woman, Layla. And then eventually, Steven was starting to get control. And he's like, shit, we need to come up with some kind of life for him. And maybe something happened to his mom. Maybe in this time frame, maybe his mother died. And maybe Mark and Conchu were coming up with some kind of, you know, thing to be like, all right, we, 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 this guy is going to freak out if, if he finds all this shit out. And that maybe they have somebody else to send the postcards. There's still a lot of unanswered questions. But it's intriguing unanswered questions rather than, oh, what the fuck? Like, how come this, this, and that, you know? So my theory is, well, actually my theory, I thought we were going to kind of get like a whole episode on Mark Spector in episode two. But now we see that Mark is kind of more in control rather than Steven. Um, I would like to think we get, again, just just a sliver of what's going on. And we won't know, really know what's going on until like the end of this series of this season. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add to, cause I feel like Fred, you've been looking like you want to chime in about something. I have a, like an interesting like tidbit about this too. So in episode two, the, uh, I think his name is Arthur Harrow. That's Ethan Hawke's character. Harrow. Okay. That's his character. Um, yeah. I, I, I just Googled this Arthur Harrow. Yeah. Okay. So th- him and Steven are talking in this compound, right? And you know, Steven brings up a good point about Conchu is, well, don't people deserve to have a chance before they do something bad to be judged? No, that's, that's his avatar. Right. That, uh, right. Harrow's avatar. I, this is going to build into something here, okay. right? Because it, it's kind of like the whole thing about 
uh, Amit is it's like the the old ancient old joke of like I'm gonna go back in time and kill baby Hitler, right? So, <laughs> but the thing or is, baby is Thanos, that like War Machine, like you know, the scarab <laughs> the scarab gets lost, mm-hmm. okay, and some homeless guy or whatever picks it up, finds it, and Harold walks up to him and he's like, "Hey, can you give me that? It's really important." And the homeless guy, in good face, hands him the scarab, and Harold kills the guy on sight. Right? He was judging him. He was judging him. But the thing was, is that if he's judging him for something he hasn't done yet, he's judging him for an evil deed he's going to do in the future, right? But mm-hmm. by giving Harold the the scarab, wouldn't that be the ultimate good deed if he's ending all crime before it happens? I guess so. So I think there's going to be like an interesting philosophy angle that's going to get pitched in this show uh, very quickly. Where do you allow bad people to exist because they do good things? Which would be representative of Mark Spector, who's done a lot of fucked up shit as some kind of CIA operator or whatever the hell he is. Yeah. Um, versus, you know, ultimate judgment by a meat. So I think that, like, it was just like a little interesting tidbit that I picked up on where it's like you have a guy doing what would be considered the ultimate good deed but still getting killed because he would eventually be a bad person. Yeah, I mean, that's one oh. thing that the show is doing is that I... I understand both sides. I understand what Harrow is doing. I understand what Conchu is doing, but neither one of them are completely innocent. Andreas, what were you going to say? Yeah, so I was watching uh, New Rockstars. They they do like breakdowns of the episodes, or or they kind of watch it on like a little screen and they react to it real time. I I could have misunderstood this, or maybe I, um, or maybe they did. I don't know. But when that when that guy gives Arthur the scarab. I don't think there was time for him to do the whole cane and judging. I think he took it upon himself and now he's wanting to become like the God and took it upon himself to judge the person and just instantly like killed him. I don't remember seeing like the whole cane balance or his tattoo moving. So what new rock stars were saying is that maybe that's why Kanchu kicked out Arthur, because I think that was the previous avatar from that dinner conversation at the table, was that Arthur was the previous avatar for Conchu, right. and maybe Conchu sensed that Arthur was wanting to become to become a god, to take over Conchu, and that's what he's doing here with, with the other god, is wanting to, instead of the, the god judging people and, and to see what their future lies and, and to kill them or spare them, it's, it, it's, it's going to be his decision now. So he wants to be all powerful from what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this show is really building up. I think we all set off Mike, you know, the way th- well, I, I know Fred, I don't think you've seen Loki yet. I've uh, seen parts of it. Okay. I haven't seen it in full. I know. Just to preface it, Fred does not have a Disney Plus account. He bought, he he like, you know, he watches it yeah. with like me or another buddy of his, you know. Yeah, I'm like the homeless he, guy who stands at a TV <laughs> store. He's he's he watched WandaVision because yeah. we he would come hang out with me and we'd watch WandaVision together. Um but at least for you and me, Andreas, like the way the show is going, it it could be like a close second to like possibly better than Loki for us. Uh, I agree. It has enough substance, and I hope it has a lot of things coming in the pipeline that it will compete with Loki. Because Loki's right now my number one, um, and and I think I if 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 the rest of the season is executed like this, and there's more background being shown and more character development built i think this this is a either a close second or could potentially overtake loki possibly and real quickly before we end the podcast this is one thing that i just thought of um according to john carlo espinito the uh the man who plays moff gideon in the mandalorian season uh well the mandalorian rather um there's a video i meant to watch with star wars there the youtube channel but apparently according to him Giancarlo, Giancarlo, uh, Mandalorian season three looks like it could be coming this summer. What are you guys' reactions to that? Uh, is that is that quick? When did the season two end? I forget. Season two ended in end of twenty twenty. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, we're due. <laughs> it is currently filming. Yeah, I, listen, I don't see why not. I mean, it is Disney Plus's like highest stream. The thing yeah. that they've put out there, right? It has like eighty 
million plus hours viewed. Yeah, so I mean that's Disney what's plus. that's what's raking in the money, and uh, you know, like I'm sure as with all big Marvel projects and big Disney projects, they want to have a certain degree of quality there. But uh, eventually, at a certain point, shareholders are thirsty for their cut. You know, they want that money. So I'm sure that uh, they're probably being pressured to put it out regardless. You don't, you don't think maybe it could come out on May the 4th, do you? Because May the 4th is on a Star is Star Wars Day, on a Wednesday. Never rule it out. I mean, Obi-Wan's going to be... Co- I mean, well, I, I would imagine that there's going to be more episodes rather than like six or seven. Do you think like, that could be uh, potentially why they changed the uh, the daily release of Obi-Wan? It's possible. I mean, Vinny and I were talking about maybe because Miss Marvel is going to be in there, but I think Miss Marvel comes out in like July of yeah. this year, not May. So possibly. I just remember that now. I just want to talk about that briefly because we really didn't get to talk about anything Star Wars related this week. But I think that will do it for this episode of the podcast for fan speculation. Uh, Andreas, Fred, thank you both so much for... Fuck you, Zubin. <laughs> Zubin C. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys both for coming on uh on the pod uh for very very last minute i called both of you last night uh to come in and fill and to to fill in because andreas was like i think i could do maybe like half an hour i'm like shit i need to see if i can get somebody else and then fred came in and you're like and you're and andreas you tell me hey you can do the whole thing like so it worked out uh, thank you guys both so much for coming in, filling for Vinny. I know I appreciate it. Vinny appreciates it, and you guys are obviously both welcome anytime if you can come on. Uh, thank you guys both so much for coming on. I appreciate yeah, not it. No problem. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Vinny is such a huge personality. It took two people to replace one person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to text him that after this and tell him. Anyway, guys, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Fan Speculation. If you like what you heard, please uh, consider giving us a, a subscribe on your favorite podcast app, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Pornhub. Uh, Porn, Pornhub, apparently, as Vinny <laughs> says. Now that's starting to catch on. Uh, Amazon Music or wherever you can find us uh, on your favorite podcast app. Please leave us a five-star review if you're Apple allows you to give us a five-star review write a review uh it really helps boost the numbers here uh if you'd like to follow us on instagram here our instagram handle is fan speculation underscore pod our twitter handle is fan speculation all one word no spaces no underscores thank you all so much for listening to this episode of fan speculation so for cj palmasano fred you first uh this has been fred uh that's the end of my hot takes for the day <laughs> next in rotation and I, I, I misspoke, you know, not not replace, attempt to replace two people with Vinny. Uh, Andreas Pelliker. What a shit show ending. Thank you all <laughs> so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Andreas, please take us home. The Kang Gang Bang!